0: Hello, one and all, and welcome to the podcast we call The Fantastival, with myself, Steve Nussbaum, in the podcast, where I invite my guests to come on, talk to me all about their musical tastes, memories, experiences, and they get to collect their fantasy festivals, which I have christened Fantastivals. Today is episode number 79, the last episode of our 70s, and what an episode to bring our 70s to an end. But before we start this episode, I must say a massive thank you to my last guest, Sean Panda Nicholson, host of the amazing Four Songs and a Dream podcast. So, if you haven't listened to that one, go back into our archives straight after you listen to this and have a listen to his Fantastical. And there are many, many more for all you first time listeners to get your teeth into. So, this is 79, and I'm delighted to introduce the bass player. From one of the most exciting bands around, Dictator. I'm very excited to have him on the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. It's Joe Murty. Hello,
1: Steve. How is it going?
0: Very well. Thank you very much for coming on uh, to the fantastical podcast, Joe, representing Dictator. Glad to ha- have you on. So, like I always do, I always like to check in with my guests. It's all been almost two years now of um, living in a COVID world. So, Joe, mate, like, how are you? How are you doing?
1: Goodbye. <laughs> Getting by—it's <clears throat> just getting. It's this time of year, to be honest. It's—it's it's always tough. Uh, normally, obviously, restrictions kicking in again after January. It's almost like uh, going back to square one. But we're not, it's, we know we can see it coming to—it's it's coming to an end now. It's looking like restrictions are going to lift again at the end of the month. So, aye, it's, the future's looking bright, hopefully. So, I know I'm g I'm—I'm keeping all right. Just doing what everyone else is doing, getting by, working, keeping my head down, and then hopefully getting back to music in the next couple of weeks so
0: nice Fingers crossed Fingers crossed So Joe I guess everyone knows you as the bass player from the Fabulous Dictator and we'll catch up on Dictator in a bit but before we do tell us a bit about yourself so who is Joe What what is he like to do what is he into who is the man behind the the big bass playing <coughs> riffs that are going on and the, and the rhythm that he keeps
1: Well definitely a changed man to what I was a, a good few years ago uh, football injuries left me uh unable to run anymore, so I became a mad walker. Do you know what I was thinking? Like, do you know how every place has got one of these, like, people? Like, everyone knows this person that just kind of walks a bit. Like, a bit of, sorry, like, strange one. Like, harmless but just kind of walk about themselves I, i'm going to be one of the guys but like <laughs> oh there's that guy just walking about it's seven o'clock in the morning seven o'clock at night i'm out walking all the time been in a while because uh it's a bit dark now so I'm, I'm not i'm not fully committed to the mad walker yet because i'm still i can't handle the cold or the the, the dark it's too scary for me so i but now nah, for that i'm just i just Getting old, getting towards 30 now. I just like, thinking about what I'm going to do with my future. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know you didn't say you were getting old, almost 30, to a forty-one year old man, Joe. Pretty sure that wasn't what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I
1: don't know. You know what I mean? like, when you're just sitting in the house all day, you know what i mean? like working through home now, so I'm literally sleeping, waking up at my desk, and then these dark nights are straight back into yeah. bed. The, the last uh, couple of months, I've been doing a lot of thinking. So, I just needed to get some routine back into my life again. And, uh, I know, you
0: know how it is, man. It is, <laughs> Certainly do, mate. So, like I said, your bass player, and I was saying before I recorded, I feel like the bass player is like the unspoken legend of bands. So, how did you get into playing bass, mm-hmm. Joe? Did you play guitar first, or were you always attracted to playing bass?
1: So, I would imagine the same same story as every other bass player. At least 95% here where. Started off playing guitar. For me, what we were doing, we were starting a band. And uh, this was my, me and Michael, uh, the singer he dictated years ago, back when we were about, must have been about 14, 15, around about that age. And I wanted my wee cousin to come in and play guitar. I just, play any, I just wanted my wee cousin to be in the band and he only wanted to play guitar. So I was like, I'll play the bass. And to be honest, it's, it's probably taken me about like, six, seven years of playing it. Taken me about six seven years of playing it to actually realize how important it can be, and especially when you're used to playing guitar and you just kind of wanting to take like you're adding bits in that don't need to be added, or you're maybe sitting back, and it's just kind of learning that, getting a feel how it's going, when to follow the vocals, when to just sit back and let the guitar play. and I've, I've been loving it, like, I mean, when you go back to playing guitar, it's, it's too much for me now. Like, I, I play guitar actually in one song for Dictator, and it's always like. Just sweating and that try to play and i'm, I'm nervous <laughs> in that because i'm not i'm not used to it but i mean i the base is what it is man it's you can make it as boring or as exciting for yourself as you want that's what i what i like about it so i like to keep myself like a fast song and then a chilled out song where i can like have a drink in between sort of like bits and uh, always end on like a, a fast one that's that's how i sort of treat it
0: nice so it tells about how Dictator formed. Was Dictator your first band, or you saying you used to play with Michael when you were much younger? Has it kind of evolved into what Dictator is now, then?
1: Oh, man, aye. So Dictator, basically, I would say two bands put together, but it's not really like that. So me and Michael played in a band, The Barrels. Uh, Zach and Alan. So Zach, the guitarist, Alan, the drummer, they played in a band called Japan Four. They were two years above us at school. So they were like the first sort of local band that we knew Mm. uh kind of went to see them play some gigs and aye so they'd started i'm not saying inspired us they they inspired us uh, to go to start a band and get playing but we were were, still into music before that but uh, aye so it started off where we were all we were doing our own thing it's sort of like that late sort of noughties where it's and they kind of just, well, Japan Four, to be fair, they weren't as indie as us, but we were, that, we were both sort of similar kind of bands, just that sort of rock and the category, the same as everybody else. And that sort of stopped the both of us, I would imagine, round about the mid, like sort of round about 2014, 2015, just kind of went quiet for a bit. Michael, Zach, and Alan started playing in another band, the Phantoms, just kind of helping out. So well. Zach was a wee bit more involved, and then I was playing in another band called the Tropicanas and then it just got to this point where we were both quite quiet. They weren't playing with the Phantoms anymore. I, I've just got time. I always seem to have time and we just decided we'll go for go for a jam. No, no, like we're going to go and jam this specific thing or that. We'll just go for something to do and just try to die fucking about with different things, different sounds. Like the first five songs we've recorded, the five completely different songs. Mm-hmm. You can go in five totally directions with what we've done. So we were just... But we had done that and realized like, oh there might be something here, that's when we just started right, properly properly getting involved in it and and that's what's taken us to now. To be honest, what we've done basically in the space of about two two and a half years, I've, I've done more than two and a half years than I've done in probably about eight or nine years before we any playing, so I would definitely keep ourselves busy. and like we've been there and done that, you know what I mean, we've done a, good gigs, definitely more bad gigs. Definitely more bad gigs. I can talk about them all day. To be honest, looking back at uh, like I probably preferred the bad gigs because they're better to talk about than the good gigs. You know what I mean?
0: Like
1: <laughs> now, I, I can mind playing a gig in, uh, in this place in Glasgow, Jamaica Street. I'm sure it was mixed always, and uh, so this was where the Barrels... And, and you knew it was off to a bad start because they had the Darrows written on the door. The Darrows are playing tonight. i was just going, like, oh, no, this isn't looking good. And it was the first time I've ever played a gig. The last person that was in the pubs walked out, and the lassie comes up and starts putting the stools on top of the bars in that way. Well, we're still playing, so see when you've had that and you've got to where we are now. We're a lot more picky and a lot more sort of uh, a lot more thought going into the gigs we play. So, ah, it's nice. Ah, it's good. That's good.
0: I feel like you need the bad gigs almost to make the good gigs good <clears throat> and to appreciate. Oh, them. exactly.
1: Well, that's. I mean, that's how it was back then. I can remember uh, with the barrels we played. Now, I can't even remember the exact order, but it was a week apart, we played The Picture House in Edinburgh, which some people would know, I think it's The Weatherspoons now, but it's a massive venue, but we played it probably between 500 to 800 people, that's that's what the room was, there was a lot of people there, I know that, and then it was either the week after that or the week before, we played in front of a grandad and a granny, eating their dinner, looking round at us, raging. And that was just like, you just done it. You just wanted to play it every gig. And uh, you learn a lot through that. You learn a lot. But uh, uh, it was good fun. Good fun back then.
0: Yeah, I bet. I bet. So I'm quite glad you mentioned that kind of your first five songs sound all very different from each other. And when I was listening, there's quite a lot of different influences, I would say, going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's quite hard to put a pinpoint on who Dictator sound like. They sound like Dictator. But I guess, I guess what are your, who would you say your influences are?
1: So the, the biggest one, definitely, uh, you'll hear. Uh, you'll hear Michael and Zach talk about them a lot. It's definitely the gorillas, in that way where you're open to taking a song anywhere. It can start off with mm. this, and then you can take it here, there, hip-hop, rock, whatever. You can get somebody coming in from, you know I mean? I, just, I was going to say a screamo band there, but I, mean, I doubt they would be up for that. But no, I mean, I, like we just want to... It's hard to say, obviously, but like, got, uh, we're focused on what we're doing, but it's staying open as well, and just kind of working, working away, and there's, there's no really any limits to what we would do. So in that way, I would say definitely like the Gorillas would be the main one. Just to sort of like to explain it to someone, do you know, how to, like rather than me trying to put it into words, Gorillas is a band. What you can see, what they do with collaborations mm-hmm. and stuff like that. That's the sort of idea we're going for, uh, and. You'll definitely get to hear that uh, going forward. Like the stuff like you're hearing the now is stuff we recorded mm. ages ago. And stuff recorded pre-lockdown. You know what I mean? And it's, this is what we're like we're basically. That's what you can see is and then everything on and going on in the background is uh, what's taking up all of my time. To be honest, <laughs> what's taking up <laughs> all of my time and everyone else's time. But that's nah, it's it's uh, it's good. It's after high. We're kept busy. That would be yeah,
0: hip, you certainly have. So we'll come on to twenty twenty two in a minute because there's looking at your kind of website and your link tree. There's loads going on in twenty twenty two, but twenty twenty one seemed awfully busy as well, and it culminated in you guys winning a SAMA, which is a Scottish alternative music award. You won best rock and alternative group. It's pretty big, right? No, uh, I, I mean
1: for us, aye, absolutely massive.
0: I mean, in a way, where why we were there in the
1: first place, I don't know. I mean, it's what I mean. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how any of these award things work. It's not something that I followed much before I I heard we were nominated for it. I knew Lewis had won one, Lewis Capaldi, and I knew the Snuts had won it because I, I followed what they do. But apart from that, it wasn't something that I'd, I'd even thought about, even considered. And The fact we got we got the nomination and then I uh, to win it was unreal. Like oh, yeah, so, it was weird. It was it was quite weird winning it. You just I don't know. You just I don't know. What was the last thing I won, you yeah, know? I mean, that's what it was like. It was like on stage where we trophy, I was like, I think this is maybe the first thing I've won since like school. Maybe yeah. it's like, I had something, something to be proud of, in that, but ah, it is, I mean, that's what it is. It's done there. Yeah, it was a good night, good night, out, which is always like the main thing with these. I wasn't sure. I was like, it's just like maybe like suits and tatty in that, like with big like, round tables and glasses of champagne. <laughs> it wasn't quite like that, to be honest. Thank God, because. I was I wasn't really up for that, but no, I, I, I the, the way I look at it is to get that now surely can only be a yeah. like a sign of good things to come. So, I I mean, hi we've we've done that now, so on on to the next one.
0: <laughs> yeah, and lots going on in twenty twenty two. So looking um, beforehand on the internet, you got some big gigs coming up. You've got Sneaky Pete's in Edinburgh, and you're supporting Las Vegas. Ah, uh, well,
1: that's another thing as well. I kind of quite get my head around like they were. <laughs> so, the first time I'd seen Las Vegas was Zach and Alan's uh, their old band Japan 4 supported Las Vegas at a uh, venue called the Cab Voltaire and uh, Edinburgh. And me and Michael went through to that. It would have been like one of the first times, like, as long know as would let us go through to Edinburgh, we would have been young, like, easily 14 15, because Zach and Alan were very young and uh. Just before Glass Vegas had got signed, so I can remember them talking like, "Who's it?" Alan McGee that the it, I'm not sure it was. But it's like apparently he was in the crowd, right. and yeah. I can remember listening to a bit of them before they would played it, and uh, so it was like one of the things. Like that, ever since we knew about that gig, Glass Vegas, were one of these bands that were like always in your mind, and then they released their first album, and oh, I loved them, loved them, and then uh, I they're on the comeback now, and they've invited us to play with them, man, it's madness, like madness, and that's what I mean for me, man, it's like. It's a good gig to go to. That's <laughs> but you've got to try and look at. Do you know what I mean? Like that's just got to sort of enjoy these nights uh, whenever they come along. You don't know when when the last one will be. So this is the Las Vegas one, and <clears throat> when's that? Twenty fourth of February. I think there's still tickets if anyone's listening to Scotland or anyone wanting to travel up to England. But uh, aye, nah, that's going to be possibly. Well, it's, it's going to be the biggest gig I've played. I know that. I know it'll be one of the biggest. Don't know if it'll be one of the best yet. Who knows? Might be a disaster. Might trip up. (laughs) Bass will break or snap a bass string for the first time ever or something like that. So, I'll wait and see. It will be the biggest. Who knows if it'll be the best yet.
0: Yeah, fingers crossed. And you're coming to England as well, right? In April, you've got three three dates in England. So London, Manchester, Newcastle. Yep. I
1: can't wait, man. I can't wait. So we played Newcastle. We've played Newcastle twice now. we, We were quite lucky. We got to go down and support our friends mark sharp and the bicycle feast down i can't even remember the name of the venue in newcastle now, but that was the like the last sort of gigs before covid had started literally we played that gig then we drove through to aberdeen to what mark sharp and the bicycle feast were supporting lewis capaldi in aberdeen the day after so i can remember where it was like this talk here but i heard there was like this virus going around and that and they were driving up to Aberdeen and apparently folk were tweeting Lewis like, ah, oh, this gig shouldn't go on and stuff like that. And we were like, I don't know if this will go ahead. Luckily, we got through and, like, I think that was the last gig. The last gig of the ever before everything got locked down. So, aye, so, that was our first time in Newcastle. And then we got done a, a couple months ago to support the ratings, which was wild, man. That was we got asked about it the the night before. We got asked, oh, do you want to go down to Newcastle? It's put and I was like, Oh god, I don't know if I'm going to throw this one off. <laughs> we worked like <clears throat> gave them the sob story and that and uh luckily me and Michael got the train down, Zach and Alan drove down. We got there for about half six and we were on stage for about half seven or something, like it was we were down and back up. So but I London, a place I love. I cannot wait to play there. It's some, somewhere in Camden, I'm sure. Fiddler, the Fiddler, I think. Oh, it's in his
0: elbow, is it? I mean, I might be in uh, Camden, yeah. Oh, well, possibly. See, I should have done my <laughs> research
1: and what we were actually playing. It is it's London. And then Manchester is another place. I've only been to Manchester the once. And uh, it's just one of these cities where it's just all gold, you know what I mean? It's obviously massive for music and stuff. And I mean, before that first gig we played in Newcastle just before lockdown, I'd never played outside of the Central Belt in Scotland. Pretty much just working my. Between like yeah. Edinburgh, Glasgow, Edinburgh, Glasgow, and uh, I, so it will be absolutely brilliant to get in there a wee bit. Of, I don't know to what goes on, like what goes on to and stuff like that. You know what I mean? No, it's but
0: amazing. <laughs> so
1: I'm talking shite. See, usually <laughs> podcast, there's usually at least one other someone else, maybe, and they will start talking at some point, and I can just shut up and I'm feel like I'm trying to fill in the air here, like
0: <laughs> talking shite is all good. Don't worry about talking shite. That's all good. So. If anyone's listening to the podcast and hasn't heard Dictator before, you're on all streaming platforms, right? It's pretty easy to find standard spelling of Dictator.
1: No. all over. Dictator, I mean... I think there's a band called The Dictators, and then apart from that, it's just us. So uh, very easy, to think. Very easy.
0: Nice and easy. And all, all on social media as well. Pretty active on Twitter, and I'm presuming you've got an Instagram and a Facebook, and again, if people want to follow you, easy to do so.
1: Uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, but who uses that anymore? Uh, they're, they're trying to get me to do, do some TikToks, but I find, it, I find it quite hard to get into this. I could I could I could watch some TikToks in that, but I try to make them funny and whatever. So that's something I'll try and work on later. But we are on it. Just no much happening now, but keep an eye. We'll we'll be there soon.
0: Great stuff, nice and easy to follow. So Joe, I've obviously heard you play bass in Dictator, but kind of what music are you into? What does it for you? What What are you into?
1: Yeah, and one of the things. I mean, it's changed quite a lot. Kind of, I mean, I like. No one of them, I'll be honest, I, I didn't like everything. I, I kinda like what I like. I seem to like be more like into a band rather than like the full genre type thing whereas like I've I loved the white Stripes. Yeah, if someone said like uh like bands like the Black Keys and that, I was like, oh, they're all right. No, it's like basically the same thing. And I was like, nah, it's absolutely not. <laughs> but I mean like for what I couldn't like remember, first sort of wanting to pick up the guitar was uh, Jack White for the white stripes. That's what sort of got me into it and then from there I would say the mid mid Arctic monkeys were massive. And most, most people at that time, uh, especially at our age, just sorta just going into high school and and then going on through that got right into the kinks. And super like super into the kinks and uh that was me. I was the kinks for like 2010
0: to 2016
1: or so. <laughs> <laughs> kinks. Nah, but no, nah, I, I do. I, I love rock. I love punk. I love probably more Scottish. Not so so much Scottish unsigned, but I love seeing uh, folk like I know or folk like local or whatever just doing what they like. And I not nah, right now. I mean, I'm trying to think what I'm listening to now. Well into uh, Scottish hip hop. There is a like it's mad how it's one of these things that not a lot of people know it's mm. actually a thing. I, I came across it accidentally. Uh, I'll talk about it later, more with my my festival uh, acts. But that's I'm, I'm loving that. now that's what uh, that's definitely what I'm listening to most.
0: Great stuff. So let me take you back, Joe. It might have been in a music shop. It might have been a download, potentially based on how old or how young you are. Do you remember what your first music? purchase was
1: i can yeah so my first one was a bit of a disaster so i would have been about 10 and it was just when i was getting into the white stripes and i didn't really know what i was getting type thing where i'm sure it was in hmv is that what it is do you work in hmv i do work yeah i've worked i've worked in hmv since
0: 1998 yeah man
1: Ah, so I knew that was a, a thing you talk about a lot in the <laughs> podcast. I'm not I'm no just picking you up here. It was HMV where I went in and I went to buy a White Stripes CD. And it's like I, I just knew White Stripes or the White Stripes. Like, my dad would put them on and that was it. Mm. So I was like, oh, here's a White Stripes CD. I went and bought it and it was like, I know, what I can remember, it was like either remixes or it was either other bands playing White, White Stripes tunes. And I was like, what is going on here? So I do not count that. That was the first one I ever bought, but uh, I don't count that as my first. And I was listening to Sam Lambeth, and he had the exact same choice as me. Franz Ferdinand's first album in uh, 2004. That was the first one I got. That
0: was a great uh, album. I remember that come- I actually album. remember that coming out. I remember working in a music shop when that actually came out. As one of those, again, like the White Stripes. As soon as it came out, it just went, mm-hmm. like, blew up.
1: Um, uh, but I can remember... That's Ferdinand. I can't remember. I'm sure it was one of the FIFA's one of the FIFA games they had a song on. And like with FIFA they always had the track maybe just a little bit before yeah. the song was actually out or something. And that was like it was one of their things But uh, but that was the first one I bought and to be honest, still still up there, to be honest. Still up there with one of like my favourite albums I would say.
0: Yeah, still going strong aren't they? they're still they um, they've got a best of They've got Sonic coming out soon and they're they're touring they're touring over here, so that's good to hear. So this podcast, Joe, all about you collecting your fancy festival? Are you a big fan of festivals? Have you been to many in your day? Do you still try and get out to some?
1: Aye. Uh, so, first experience, Teen Apart, 2009. What, what, I mean, that was just, it was like one of the sort of, uh, like the game changers where you go through. So, me and Michael went. We met my wee cousin, Liam. So, I think I was 15, maybe just about to turn 16. My wee cousin William, he was a year younger than me and we were all kind of there ourselves and but the 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 atmosphere in the place was amazing. Like absolutely loved it. And uh, uh so we went to Tina Park 2010, 2011, and That was camping and then I went I got a day ticket for two thousand and twelve and then that's been my last experience of Tina Park, including when it changed places and now it transmit I don't mm. know if that's still the same, but so Apart from Tina Park, I've been, I went to a festival called Kelburn, which is just out west, of Scotland, played there with the Tropicanas. And that was my first experience at a festival that was, wasn't was Tina Park. So, in your head, Tina Park's massive. You don't re- actually realise how big it is until you, we went to this Kelburn. And it's like, you went, the field was there, and that was the camping. It wasn't like there's was that field there, which is the purple area, and then you've got the blue area, the green area. It was like, this is it, and everyone was just like it, it was a mad festival during the day. It was quite hippie-ish like really chilled out and that. And then at night, it was a mad rave, like and it was like on on these trees and that. You're walking through the trees, all lit up, different neon colours. I mean, walking past like these two big cats, man, like these guys in like cat suits, but like wooden heads. I'm sure they were like big wooden heads. They had and it was like one of these type places where you're walking and every time you turn around, you're like, oh, whoa, oh. oh. And it's just rave music, it's just dance music gone mad. And uh, aye, that was great. And I'll have to say uh, Primavera as well in Barcelona, which has kind of changed my outlook on festivals as well. I think that's the way to do it. And the, and the hot Spanish sun. And, oh, that was yeah, that was amazing, that
0: one. Yeah, that some really good things Primavera. about Primavera. I can imagine it being nice. And I guess it feels like more of an event if you're flying somewhere and doing it that way. Uh,
1: Matt, it was one of these places where, so we were, it was, it was three nights, I think we were there and, uh, pardon me, <laughs> three nights we were there and uh, it was like one of them, every night you went you discovered a different mm-hmm. area so I can remember the first, the first night we went down there wasn't really much on it was just one of these sort of like there's maybe a couple bands playing but it's not so much part of the festival it's just like, just letting everyone get in to get their tickets or whatever and I was thinking, oh this place is cool and that went back the next day and it was like opened up and it's right on the beach as well so there's one of the stages just way back up a hill and it kind of goes like the standing area kind of goes down, down, down. And you look at the stage and it's like the stage is floating where it was, man. and Stuff like that was that was quality, like and so different for for your Scottish festivals, like. <laughs> but I, I, I like them both to be honest. But I've not been I've not been to a festival since Primavera to be honest. Oh, Fun. That's another one I will need to give a shout out to. Lindisfarne Have you heard of that one? Uh,
0: no, I've heard of like no.
1: Cumbria. No, where is it? Uh, North Northumberland. So I think I don't know if Linda's fun. No, this was the happiest festival I've ever been to in my life. And I thought Melbourne was small. Like, Linda's fun was like someone's garden with tents. <laughs> but you know the maddest, like, and so there was like stage. I mean, there was tents where it was like basically some people had stalls, maybe like selling fruit and stuff like that. And there was tents where you do like finger painting. <laughs> but we were just going up onto the stage to jam and stuff. But the most surreal thing about that was it was a, so it was a Friday and Saturday, and on the Friday night the View headlined it, and the Saturday night the Fratellis headlined it. So during the day it was like ah, it was just like a surreal experience, and then at night it was like going back to two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine, and like the View because I can remember the View played mostly songs for the first and second albums, which uh, my, which are my favourite, and I can remember being up the front row for that, and like it was. Like I'd like time travel. So good, but aye. <laughs> right, so right, that's my festival experience
0: so Great far. Stuff. Yeah, it sounds like you've had some really good experiences. And what about what about gigs? You got any gigs that you consider your favourites that you look back on and go, oh, that was just amazing to be there? Is it playing or both. You can say, but uh, you can, yeah, you can you can do both, playing or, or punter.
1: Uh, to be honest, I mean, playing. I would say Kelburn was one that I played. that was my first time, I'd played. A festival and was really nervous like well i was not really nervous i just sort of got to the point where i was just kind of like just keep drinking and that just kind of like <laughs> level it and before you knew it you were on the stage and i thought we played in front of about 10 people because i kind of i had sunglasses on and my, i had my head kind of down looking at the ground for most of it and then the Kelburn the official Instagram page put up a photo of us to sort of say, oh, this was Kilburn 2017. And it was a photo of us on stage. And you can just see loads of people sitting in this hill. I had no idea. I, I couldn't enjoy it at the time mm. uh, because it was, it was just—it weird. It was like, ah, I just didn't feel right. And uh, uh, looking back on that one, it was, it was cool to be a part of. And apart from that, I'll say speaking for the future I think Las Vegas is going to be my favourite one but I, for going I'm trying to think for going I love Ray Davies and getting to see him I think it was the the second time I've seen him in uh, it in Glasgow and so as you can imagine for Ray Davies he's an older guy so it was a sitting down show and it gets to the end and it's he's playing I'm sure it was Lola he played at the end so everyone's up off their seats like clap oh, clapping it's just old folk really to be honest and uh, Everyone starts going down the front, so I'm like pushing down as well and raised like shaking folks' hands. And I managed to get my hand up and shook Ray Davies' hand. So that was uh one of the most sorry like surreal gig experiences and probably the best one I would say.
0: Oh, amazing. That's amazing. I've seen Ray Davies a couple of times. I've had two weird experiences with Ray Davies. The first one was at South End and we got there really late, mm-hmm. he, just about five minutes before he was due on stage. And we got there and as we we're walking up there was this old guy outside in a tracksuit doing stretches. And we got closer, my mate was like, I think that's Ray Davies. And I was like, no, he's always in a suit, Ray. Like, he you won't, you won't be outside in a tracksuit warming up. And it was. We got outside, he's uh-huh. literally, like, sweating in a tracksuit. I was like, mate, put your suit on. I don't want to see you outside, sweaty and old. <laughs>
1: that's
0: amazing. And in one, I saw him in a sit-down gig, probably same like one that you saw. And there was a guy mm-hmm. behind me who, in every interval, was shouting for, like, this random B-side. He was, like, so pissed. And he got louder and louder and worse and worse to the point where security guards was like, mate, if you don't shut up, I'm going to kick you out. <laughs> Continue to do it. And they threw him out. And he was like fighting about four big bodyguards were like trying to pull this old guy out. It was mental, but not the kind of thing you'd expect at a Ray Davies game. But amazing to be you there. Know,
1: so we we go down to this. Uh, what, it's basically like a kinks fan night. We do it at the end of the year, sorry, every year, the end of November. And. Uh, the cast of Kinks plays, which is a band made up. They of past members and some session musicians that played with them and stuff. And uh, Ray Davies always comes along to that. And he'll come on and sing, like, you really got me at the end. But speaking of, like, fighting. So this is, like, it's not even a Ray Davies gig. This is a Kinks fan meet-up. <laughs> and they were kind of, like, what were getting into it at the end. And I was this young, like, this lassie, lassie must have been about 20-year-old. She started shoving it. And you're, like, oh, doing the like, moshing almost with him. And uh, he's old woman comes out and shoves her in the crowd. I'm like, here we go, this is kicking off. Everything got split up before uh, anything actually happened. And I was like, I can't believe that was real. I was like, this is just a sort of thing where people go to chill it and this class is like moshing and stuff. <laughs> you did. It was hilarious, to be honest. It's great fun. But uh, aye,
0: anyway. anyway. So <laughs> always the things that you don't expect always make the, the most memorable <laughs> gigs. So like I said, at the top of the pod, this is all about getting, uh, I guess, Joe tonight to collect his fantasy festival. So Joe gets to choose any five X. Wonder Who must play one of their studio albums in full. And Joe gets to pick an encore, which can be any song that all of his five acts can perform together at the end of his festival So very simple, five acts take five time slots. So in the last episode of the podcast, I had Sean Panda Nicholson on. He collated his Pandemonium Fantasy Festival. He had Nina Simone in his opening slot, followed by Wild Beasts in his super second slot. He had Test Icicles in his Midway madness slot, followed by The Hives in his pre-headline slot, followed by Bjork making her fantastical debut in his headline slot. For his encore, he had all five of his acts playing You and Everybody That You Love Will One Day Die by Slime City that I actually listened to today. That's a great track. It's not as uh, morbid as you think it is. It's a right jump around, sing the anthem.
1: I listened to I listened to the podcast, and uh, when it came out with that, I was like, "I'll need to listen to it." I've not had a chance to listen to it yet, so I'll, I'll give that a listen after. Yeah, after this.
0: Uh, it was podcast. good. When he first said it, I was like, "I'm not. I don't really get it." But having listened to it, it's 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 quite a euphoric song, even though the title was pretty. Uh, Depressing, shall we say. But Ah. great stuff there. Like I said, Sean's is available on all podcasting platforms. So I guess, Joe, before we talk about your acts and everything that follows that, you need to name your fantasy festival and give it a venue. Mm -hmm. So, Joe, what what are you going to call your fantasy festival?
1: Right. So I was trying to think about this, and it was very hard. So I was just (laughs) trying to think of something that's maybe happened. I, I, I don't know. I was struggling. So I was listening to, do you know the comedian Norm Macdonald? no <laughs> a canadian comedian man who's like i've got right into him he's one of my favorites and he died just at the end of last year so i was like i'll day one i'll name one after him and he's got a film called dirty work now i was thinking about calling the festival dirty work festival and then i thought i'll call it murty work festival because then that uh. way it relates to me and then it. so i'm going to go with Mur- Mur- murty work Murty work. <laughs> that's
0: shocking, man. I like it. I like it. I like it. So, you can hold Murty work anywhere. You can take us back to Glasgow, you can take us to Edinburgh, we can go back to Primavera. We go anywhere that you want to take us, Joe. So, where would you like to hold Mur- Murty work? <laughs> I like that. That's, so my, wanted... that's making me chuckle. At you. <laughs> I
1: wanted to do it. It'd have to be a local one for me. Can, I was trying to think, who, where did uh, Jodie from Sylvie have, have hers? Because I know she stays. Sort of the same area as me. So If she's done one in Livingston or round about here...
0: I don't think she went to Livingston. I think she uh, went to the airfield in Glasgow. uh, Ah, Glasgow. I think she took us to where we've been a couple times before, at the old tea in the park Ah, venue, I think. but I could be wrong. Ah, uh, That's fine.
1: I'll I'll keep mine's local then. I'll go for... uh... So it's this park, basically like central Livingston, Howden Park. It's kind of... It could work for a music sort uh, festival type thing. I mean, they get the the shows go there sometimes, like the waltzers and stuff. And well, I think they had a circus there once, but they've never that. In fact, no, I take it back. They did have a gig there years ago. It was terrible. So, do you know what? It's my job to go back and uh, make it a gig worth going to. Howden Park in Livingston, that's where I'm going to have minds.
0: You're like you're like the Samuel Beckett of Gigs in Haldon Park, like quantum leap, you're gonna go back and you're gonna put put right that once oh, went wrong.
1: I'm gonna make it right. Like, I'm gonna make it right. Like, do you know do you know do you know why I'm saying it's bad, like this is it's embarrassing, like uh, so this I would have still definitely been at school, like pure into the libertines and that. I got a trilby for premark and I wore it in that and folk kept stealing it off my head and like chucking it a bit <laughs> That's what I'm calling it shape, man. It was really good but Nah, so I'm going to go back to my without a be on and uh, <laughs> make make it something to
0: remember. brother. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. So before you talk about your five acts in for mercy Work, I'm quite um, always open to knowing how hard it is to create a fantasy festival. Are there any bands or acts that you want to kind of mention who you love but haven't been able to make it into the Murthy Work line-up?
1: Yes, and so the, the, this is hard, and I was starting to think that my the runners up were, was going to be a better festival. I started getting worried. No, I was I done, but uh, so one that I've been been listening to recently, and I, I think it would be amazing, or it would have been amazing to see live, would be Rory Gallagher. I always thought like so, like I say, I like I love Jack White. You know, the one thing about Jack White was there was no one like Jack mm-hmm. White for what he could do on the guitar. And then, I heard some of the stuff Roddy Gallagher was doing. He was, he was, it, the noises he was making for a guitar with the millions of mm-hmm. effect pedals are mad, it was unreal. And uh, he's a, an Irish guy as well. He seems like one of the most humble, sorry, like down to earth guys. But he did seem like one of the most humble down to earth guys ever. And he was one of the best guitar players ever it's one of these guys where you could, you could just watch him all day and I, I think you would the crowd would be silent and well I would be and watching him for for an hour so he just missed out and the, the white stripes missed out and uh one of my other favorites the small faces didn't they quite didn't they quite make it on but well, after that uh, I'm quite quite happy with what with
0: what I've got great stuff so Rory Gallagher' never been selected for a fantasy festival he'll have to wait. For another week. Small yeah. faces have only been picked once before, so small faces uh, have to wait for another day. And White Stripes, believe it or not, never been picked for a fantasy festival. So yeah. Jack and Meg's reunion awaits for uh, another week at least. So, missed acts and big acts missed out in. So, let's talk about the five who have made it into Murty Work. So, Howden Park is rammed, Murty Work sold out instantly. Yeah. Trilby's being thrown around everywhere, although you're not wearing one, you ain't got one. Time for your opening act. So, Joe, who are you <laughs> going to have opening Murty Work?
1: I already spoke about him. And, you know, like, I we was thinking about putting in the kinks, but to be honest, to open the show, Ray Davies, like I say, I've, I've seen him a couple of times, and it was amazing. It was absolutely brilliant. And I, I'm one of them. I would have been, like, the guy shouting for the B-sides. I, like, <laughs> they're, they're the ones I, I, I prefer. I, like, but the couple of times I've seen him, he'd always do the, do the hits, and he would chuck in one of them where... Uh, but I mean it, there's, there's nothing you can say like really about Ray Davies which isn't just starting to get recognised now mm-hmm. obviously it was not a bit back then but uh, you see more and more uh, people talking about him and it feels that yeah. way it feels that way for me, people talking about songwriting and just how much he actually influenced, not just him obviously, The Sound of the Kinks as well was a massive influence uh, to sort of like punk and uh, early, of metal music and but as a songwriter what like what I really got into Ray Davies for was I knew the hits and it wasn't until I started looking in deeper and when you find out about the they had the the ban in America when the British invasion was maybe at its peak or definitely when it was happening and he was just writing all these songs about London. Writing songs about like going for a coffee or have a cup of tea, stuff like that. Just the village village green sort of stuff and that's what that was my favourite stuff. It was the storytelling, and I think just as an opening chilled out and great thing along tunes as well. So, uh, Mr Ray Davies to open open the show.
0: Great shout! So Ray Davies has been part of a Fantastable before. He has played in a Fantastable with the Kinks, but never before has he gone solo. So he makes his solo debut fantastical appearance at murty Work. Great choice! He'll play from two o'clock till three o'clock. We'll take a half hour break, and then we'll be back. Eyes on stage half past three for your super seconds act, Joe. So, who are you going to have in your super seconds act?
1: So, for this, I was toying with the idea of putting them in or not, and I wasn't going to. And then I thought, that's ah, my festival. <laughs> so, to go on second, I'm going to put in Flight of the Concords.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. So, Flight of the Concords, I mm-hmm. guess anyone doesn't know, was a. was it a, is it New Zealand? It's New Zealand, isn't it? New
1: Zealand. Uh, they <laughs> called this the fourth best. Is uh, it comedy, hip hop duo? So I can't make no. But uh, New Zealand, but I, I loved them, man. Uh, so me and my pal Dale would basically we, we knew all the songs, uh, and we would sit and learn them. I, I would do Brett's part, Dale would do Jermaine's, and we would just sit in the nights where we were, like just sitting up, getting drunk, and that we would just play play through all the songs, and I absolutely loved it. And uh, the TV show great as well, but I mean, very 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 talented musicians and uh great songwriters as well and and as a man i love a laugh so i was like fly the concords and man get them and that's why i was like it's a bit sort of like a, a novelty act but at the same time man i love it like i love singing along with the tunes and uh, everyone would get a laugh i would imagine
0: yeah they, they would i thought so, I, i've never i've only watched a couple episodes i remember watching the first episode and they do that track about the like third sexiest girl in the room which always, <laughs> <rich>. that, always <laughs> that always makes me laugh and um and then i caught like back end of like one of their performances on sky arts like it was a live de- showing of like mm. some concert film and they were actually like pretty good like really good in terms of like the oh, stuff that
1: look, they do well i mean uh brett he went and won an oscar for the muppets movie soundtrack they're just going to show you yeah. like, they know what they're doing and it's one thing being like very good musicians and it's another thing being funny as well yeah. and, they're they absolutely brilliant at the both and i just i think it would be i've never seen them i've never seen them live uh so that's why i was like i'll get them in my festival. so I'll get, get them not no too late i wouldn't they, like get them headlining or that is maybe a bit too much uh, to ask from them but uh definitely on second Well, the sun's still up and uh people are still a bit more chilled so yeah. aye.
0: great shout so Flat the concords make their fantastical debut They'll take your super second slot, playing from half three to half four. So, again, we'll take a half-hour break, and it'll be time for your Midway Madness slot at five o'clock. So, Joe, who are you going to have follow flight of the concourse in your Midway Madness slot?
1: So, at this point, again, this is something uh, for me and just some other folk out there, but Scottish hip-hop legend, Mog, M-O-G, Mog, man. Unbelievable. So, I'm kind of cheating with this one as well, because everyone knows you don't go to a a rap show and there's just one person they'll, they'll bring folk on with them so Mog will be the main one he's probably one of my favourite songwriters ever like it's difficult like especially in Scotland it's not something that you can sort of put together rapping in Scottish accent and there's rappers for Scotland you wouldn't have a clue of for Scotland and then you get people like Mog Glaswegian, and he, he says it how it is and it's that way he's of being like hard Scottish man and then there's being clever with your words. And uh, Mog's one of them. He can tell a story the way he would tell it. But when you actually go back and listen to it again, the stuff he's saying that is just amazing. And uh, so that's why I would put him in there. And I would definitely get... There's another boy, Sherlock, another guy's That He's one of them. He's you first hear him and you think like he's he comes in hard like very very Glaswegian (laughs) and it's not until you go back and listen these guys are lyrically absolutely amazing Mm -hmm. and it's totally uh, overlooked just because it's It's Scottish rap and uh, I'll get uh, Spawn Zero in as well he's another rapper he's Livingston he's from uh, where I'm from he's another one as well like one of his albums they put out with production, and it it's so good. And like I, I don't know where he goes about and does this thing. It's like for so long, I don't even know it was a thing. And then i and hearing some of the stuff, and it's just they don't, I don't know how I'm not from that scene whatsoever. I don't know how you go about getting something listened to or that, but I just feel I don't know. I I'm, I'm, I think it'll come in soon, I think people will start getting into it soon. But, uh, I okay uh who else bems as well bems look out for him in dictator's ep i don't know if i can say that or no. oh. i think i can because i've seen they were talking about it on twitter if not so keep if, this in if not it's an keep this in. Yeah. <laughs> exactly and if i get in trouble for it then uh, we'll, i'll i'll live i'll, I'll live with You're it right. but, uh, no i've seen. I've seen them talking about it on twitter but eyes uh, he's another one as well man just absolutely brilliant but he's actually like he won a Sammer, he won a at the same time as us. He won for the best live act, So he's getting a bit of recognition, which I feel a, like a lot of other uh, boys deserve in the game. So uh, there we go, it'll be a mad hip hop sort of like midway session and uh, this'll be a bit so after the sort of like this will clear out the the Ray Davies crowd and <laughs> this is like this is it's starting to get dark now. Starting to get dark now so you can feel it in there. So I, that would be my midway. So I'll just put Mog. Just put Mog for uh, there. As long as he was there, I would be
0: happy. Fine. you can always bring out a few mates. Like you've said, that's not a problem with hip-hop artists. So Mog <laughs> takes your midway madness slot. He'll give us an hour of Scottish hip-hop from five till six. It's like another half-hour break. Mm. So three acts down, two acts left. Next act is your pre-headline act. It's going to play from half six to eight o'clock. So who are you going to have follow Mog in your pre-headline act slot?
1: So that's be one of my favourites. And see, this is where. I was thinking for, to play a full album. Now, can't really do that with the headliner because is that a two hour slot for the headliner? It's
0: two and a half hours, slot for your headliner. Two and a half.
1: So, that's, you uh, must have just played the album over and over. So, this is where I'm going to have to pick uh, this artist. I'm going to have to pick an album, which is difficult, but I'm going to pick Mac DeMarco uh, for number, number four. I'm, amazing, man. He's another one of them, just genius. Uh, you just know it's one of them where you know it's him. You, you hear a couple of chords and you know it's him, and he's uh, very unique and definitely one of my best ever uh, festival experiences was at Primavera seeing Mac DeMarco. It was uh, unbelievable. The guy's mad. Did, have you heard much of his stuff?
0: No, but... do you know what? I, ha- I haven't. I don't think he even rings a bell. Oh, uh, really? I don't think ah, so. Right. He's, he's basically
1: like the, the king of like, you know, that sort of slacker. The slacker rock type thing, it's quite psychedelic. See, I said I'm not the best describer of <laughs> anything. absolutely hopeless man. Like the best, like listen to them is what I would say. But uh, he's like one of them really chilled out. And uh, there was a couple of my pals that were right into him, and they would they would play him, and I didn't really know that I'd liked him until like I was like ah, like, like all these songs were like the same guy. I was like ah oh, right, and. Uh, I, when we seen him in, seen him in uh, Primavera, he was uh, maybe my highlight, and I got to see him in Glasgow as well, and I know he would put on a show at a festival, put it that way, but I, I, Primavera, the last song uh, they finished on is a song called uh, Together, which is quite a childhood song, but it's one of these, uh, they can just keep playing it and playing it, so they played it for about 10 minutes, he's up on, he's standing up on the arm, just in like his pair boxes, At the end, he's got a lighter like spun in his armpit here. (laughs) What is this guy doing? And I was busting on a pitch. I'm like, please, just like, we've seen enough. And he just keeps going. And he'll just keep running about the stage, doing something stupid. But he's one of them. He would put on a great show. And uh, that's why he's made it into uh, spot number four
0: for me. Sounds really fun. Sounds really fun. So Matt DeMarco takes your pre-headline X slot. Going to play his album four in full. Is that right? Have I got that right?
1: Right. Okay. I forgot I had to pick an album. So to be honest i can't really win with this one so what i'm going to do is i'm just going to pick mm, salad days no i'll go for uh, i'll just go salad days man that's probably his most well-known one so uh, i'll get i have uh, more chance of people liking it so salad
0: days awesome so he'll play the album salad days and do a few more tracks i imagine in your pre-headline slot so four acts down one act left time for your headline act for your fantasy festival, We're going to play for two and a half hours from half eight to eleven o'clock. So great first four acts, Joe. So who are you going to have to headline? Murty work.
1: This was hard. This is where I started falling it with myself because it, I was like, I'd had a couple of bands coming to mind. I'm like, is that just because they're fresh in my mind? Am I just going to enjoy them at like, this time? Am I like, like? So it was like, how do I pick a band that I know I'm not just picking just because mm-hmm. the the I've listened to them recently. <laughs> So it was like one band that would definitely put on a show, definitely last all the way through the night and definitely get people dancing and that is uh,
0: The Pogues. Great shout, great shout with The Pogues. So I, I guess why them in your headline slot?
1: Just because uh, a band, any footage that I've seen of them back in the sort of peak days anyway, sort of in the 80s and that, they're one of the bands that I would love, of, love to have seen. They're just one of a kind really and uh, just looked wild. Like I can remember... Last Christmas, when we couldn't really do much, uh, you could go around and see like some family. So I was down with my mum and dad's, and uh, my dad just set up. There was a DVD of the Pogues at the Battlelands, I'm sure. And uh, I, like I love the band, like I absolutely, absolutely love the band, love their tunes. And we were just sitting there, like just you know, a sorry of, like Christmas mood in that, and just watching that, and you're like, that's that is the ultimate gig, that one there the post going absolutely wild the, uh, the Battlelands, and that's why I thought they they could definitely headline it, and they've got enough material mm-hmm. the, the professional drinkers <laughs> and they're not going to have to worry about them getting too drunk or whatever and, uh, and just to see uh, Shane McGowan uh, doing his thing and his peak obviously I don't know if you've seen that video on singing uh, Fairy Tale in New York when was that was that a couple years ago look it up Shane McGowan and I can't even mind who the women is they're singing fairy tale in New York in this uh, Irish TV show. <laughs> Jeez, oh. as you can tell, he's had some life. He's had some life, and uh, yeah. it goes to show nowadays. But oh, back in the heyday, man, absolutely amazing. And they're just one of the other bands where you can just keep going back and listening. love that it, it's, it's a lot of sorry upbeat and uh, music, and that the the song like the lyrics are stuff like this there's stories, there's stories you can go back and pick up on something new every time, and I, I love that in a band. And, Ah and that's why I've picked the Pogues headliners.
0: Great shout. So the Pogues make their fantastical debut. So first time they've been picked. I think um, Fairytale of New York got picked in a Christmas special as an encore two years mm-hmm. ago. But um, they've never been picked. So great shout there. So the Pogues make their fantastical debut. They'll play Murty Work for two and a half hours. Then at 11 o'clock they'll bring back on stage Matt DeMarco, Mog, Flight of the Concords and Ray Davies and they all get to play <laughs> that's a such a varied varied genre of uh, lineup you've got there it's unbelievable they all get to play one song Joe that you can make them play you can tell them to play so what what song would you have as your encore to close your fantasy festival
1: uh, so this is I picked this song because I was definitely like looking back I'm sure it was my first uh, first year at Teen in the Park and This band headline to Sunday night, and I'm going to pick uh, "Tender" by Blur.
0: Great
1: show! uh, I can remember after that so that was a sunday night we've lost everyone at this point like i said i was just myself just a wee guy at this time and uh just after the show the place, like walking back to the campsite and everybody was singing that it was like felt like we were walking for hours back to the campsite right enough but it's just the full way everybody's singing this song and uh that's something like I'll, I'll remember for the rest of my life and that's why i was like what would be a good song to end it on it's it's hard there's loads of good songs out there but that's that one's got a wee bit of, uh, wee bit of meaning behind it. So, aye. Uh, tend,
0: tender by Blur, and then that's it. Home time. <laughs> Great shout. So, Tender is your encore. That is the end of murty Work. So, let's lock it in then. Before you change your mind, let's lock it in. So, we've got murty Work taking place at Halden Park. In your opening slot, we've got Ray Davies. Super Seconds Act, we've got Flight of the Concords, Midway Madness, we've got Mog pre-headline act we've got matt demarco gonna play his album salad days headline act we've got the pogues and to close your fantasy festival all of you at five acts are going to play tender by blur for your encore joe that sounds like an amazing fantasy festival for me You happy to lock that one into the fantastical voice i
1: uh, get it get it locked locked in
0: <laughs> so that get locked down <laughs> that is locked in in a great work there with murty work so I guess let's recap on then. So, 2022 in Dictator, very busy, live dates. Any EPs planned? Any any new tracks coming out soon? So,
1: we have recently just finished recording our EP, which will be out. No definite date yet, but hopefully around about summertime, at the halfway point of 2022, maybe on the, the later side of the halfway point. Uh, but we will be looking to release at least two of the songs in the run-up of the EP again no no definite dates just yet we've just finished recording the thing so that's what uh that's what to look out for in the next coming probably maybe two or three months before there's any word, word of that i mean i don't i don't even know yet that's only because i don't read the, the group chats <laughs> uh maybe it's been decided I'll, be, I'll look at my phone and be like do you mind i'm mentioning this yeah but, nah <laughs> i'm <I've kinda. laughs> uh, so that's it now, so the ep will be out uh this year will be out this year and uh uh, a couple singles, uh, just to sort of like uh, on the way to it, basically. A couple of wee warm ups, which will be on the track uh, on the EP as well. So, uh, I, So I'm, I, I would imagine maybe about maybe later in March, maybe June time before we hear any singles. First. But it could be earlier. Who knows? Things change.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So great stuff. So new music on the way, like we spoke about before. Live dates in Scotland and you coming over to England in April. So if you're around Manchester, Newcastle, or London, make sure you get yourself a ticket. Like we said, Dictator, all over social media. So make sure you go and give them a follow. So I guess that's it then. So thanks to everyone for listening to the 79th episode of the Fantastical Podcast. And if you've enjoyed this one Please subscribe. Give the fantastical podcast a review on iTunes. And you can also now, if you listen on Spotify, review a podcast. So if you are listening on Spotify, go and click the three dots. Go to Rate Show and give the podcast whatever volume of stars that you would like. Hopefully five stars if you've enjoyed this. And if one or two stars, please never listen to the podcast again. If you're on uh, social media like Dictator are, uh, go and give them a follow. And also give us a follow on Twitter at FantastableP. And if you're not on uh, Twitter, I want to give us an email you can do a fantastical podcast at outlook.com. Unfortunately, you can't play music on a podcast, but I'll get some tracks from Joe, whack them into a Spotify playlist, and that'll be in the episode description for this episode. So 79 done and dusted. Joe, thanks for being a wonderful guest. I mean, how have you found it? You normally said you normally have like a side man and there's normally two of you doing these things. So you've flown solo tonight. How's it been for you?
1: Oh, it's been great. Uh, just taking a wee bit of time just to sort of get the, bo- the ball rolling a wee bit, uh, but it's quite good. It's quite good to get sort to of and onto it yourself. I and mean, it's too easy to sit back and let someone else do the speaking. So I hope. I mean, I, I'll, I don't know if I will listen back to it. To be honest, there's a couple of podcasts <laughs> I've done where I'm like, I'll listen back to it, and I'll get two minutes into it, and I'm like, Nah, that's enough for me. But I'll see. I'll, I'll give it a go. And I, I think it's. I think it's went all right. I think it's went all right.
0: I think you've done well, mate. You've done very well. You represented dictator to the best of your abilities, and you've given a good representation. Of them and you've got quite an amazing like- fantasy festival with lots of different genres so I look forward to checking those acts out if I haven't heard that before so I'll be back soon with episode number 80 so if anyone listens to the podcast for a while everyone knows I like to get in uh, someone from Liverpool for the zero so I've got a great guest coming for number 80 it will be great fun so please make sure to join me for that one but until then stay safe my fantastical friends please continue to spread the word. And that word is fantastical. Thanks for listening.